from both of you, we'll start with Frankie. What was going through her head? Like, this is our transport. Like, this is... If I pull him back, not only do we get Maul, but we also get our plan of escape. What's going through Ahsoka and Rex's mind during that scene, Frankie? Well, the conflict is... At that point, when she's focusing, trying to bring that shit back in, Rex is covering all the ground on his own. So he gets shot in the shoulder. And at that point, she realizes that I have to let it go and find another way to escape or Rex is going to die. So she has to completely just abandon that avenue of escape. And, you know, it's it's so cool to see the teamwork and the ingenuity of, okay, we need to find another ship, all the ships underneath are under repair and they finally find one that isn't you know severely damaged that entire sequence i think is one of the best action sequences in the entire show um just because the ship is falling apart and falling out of the sky almost rhyming in the same way the ship in revenge of the sith in the beginning is falling out of the sky and breaking into um, (laughs) rescuing the chancellor so like um like you were rachel said you know star wars rhymes um so you know, I, I think in her mind it was, I have to let it go and find another way because she couldn't let Rex die. Rachel, did you think the her let her realizing like I gotta let him go? Talk about that scene for a second. Okay, so to me, it actually had um, the Rise of Skywalker vibes when Ray is uh, when Ray and Kylo Ren are fighting over yeah. the shuttle where they think where Ray thinks Chewie is on this Don't even and get they're me fighting started over on this. it. Oh god. Yeah. Sorry. So, I was talking about this few days the ago. The scene triggers me. Yeah, but yeah. Can I is it okay? Can, totally, I, totally. Yeah, totally. But yeah, as you all know, the shuttle literally like she destroys it, Ray. So to me, I was like, okay, this is definitely mirroring that moment since this content was created after what we saw in Tross. So to me, I think that Dave, I'm I'm assuming Dave Filoni had that in mind and what he was showing is not that Rey was not mature, but the fact that someone like Ahsoka has had years of training. And so she's able to know when you can't keep holding on and when you need to just let something go because there's another option and there's another way that it has to be dealt with. Yeah. Uh, it was a really amazing scene. And then, you know, Black Widow was supposed to come out last week. It was pushed. But I feel like we got a yeah. scene from the Black Widow trailer of the skydiving. Because when they yes. jump out of that ship, holy cow, amazing scene, first of all. And just, like, missing the ship and Rex turning it on. and Oh, my gosh, the tension was so there. What an amazing sequence. And we, we got certain vibes of that when they were invading Mandalore and Ahsoka like jumped down and was like, I don't need a jetpack. I think she wanted a jetpack in that scene. But the miraculous <laughs> yeah. like recovery and savior, it actually reminded me a lot of The Force Awakens and how the starship that crashed on Jakku uh, post-Return of the Jedi, that's what I was thinking during the scene. I was like, wow, this is another starship. Just it's in the Clone Wars era crashing. Um, just how how neat was it to see that happen in real time, like an actual starship crash right onto this planet? Uh, we're winding down in this episode because I, I, d- I definitely want to talk about just like moving forward, save some time for that. Um, but um, can I say one thing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so about the crash landing on this moon. Just so everyone knows, when I went to Wikipedia, (laughs) it is listed as unidentified moon. So as of right now, according to Wikipedia anyway, 
it there is no name for where There's they land. There's no name for this moon. Yeah. It's that that's a really fun fact there. Uh this scene was so beautiful in every sense of the word cuz one it, it cuts after the ship crashes and they fly away. It cuts to them at the graves, meaning they flew back down there, got the clone helmets, and dug graves for all of them. Which, that, this is perfect storytelling and, like, show, don't tell. Frankie, thoughts on this ending sequence? The attention to detail was just incredible, even down to, you can kind of tell in the timeline when they finally figure out what happened to the ship. Um, Vader has the red lenses from Rogue One and A New Hope. So, I, I feel like they it took them a while to figure out where the ship fell out of hyperspace and then they finally found the wreckage and sent that full crew um it was just a beautiful animated scene with just cinematography that is movie level and that's why yeah. i think Siege of mandalore in particular is so unique because it's so cinematic and it was such a perfect way to end the series it's haunting because you have the first time in the clone wars that we really see anakin as vader and, you know, you see the reflection of when he picks up the, the lightsaber and, you know, as, as Rachel said, he, he gave it, he handed it to Ahsoka. Right. He ignites it, he kind of looks at everything. And, you know, even just the sounds and the sights of, you know, you're in the original trilogy era. Um, whether that's, you know, the, uh, the droids from Hoth in Empire Strikes Back, the snow troopers, the Imperial shuttle. It's such a great transition from the Clone Wars to the Galactic Civil War. Um, but at the same time, what's most important is it wrapped up the entire series perfectly. What, I, what's, yeah. I'm just going to say what's sad to me is that if we go back to Clone Wars, when we look at Ghosts of Mortis, and we see that for a brief moment, Anakin did turn into, he was aware of what he would turn mm -hmm. into oh, the um, visual, right. before, before the memory was wiped from him so that he could return to normal. But right. it's sad to me that, you know, there was, he did have a moment where he knew and then it was wiped from him. And now, you know, at the end of this, I mean, there was no other way this, in order for the rest of Star Wars to work and what we have, we had to see him become Vader, but, um, I agree with you, Frankie. Uh, cinematically, this was um, amazing. This is one of when we see Ahsoka standing by the the grave markers. I don't want to oh even call gosh. it a grave oh. because one thing I am a little I want to point out from the book, Ahsoka. Um, can if I, I can just can I call something out just real quick from the chat because the chat is guys the chat's going off. They're loving this. Um, they made a great point just before we like actually dive deep into this epilogue. Uh, I didn't even realize this, but this is a, such a great little Easter egg in point. The ship that Maul escaped on, the ship that Ahsoka was trying to pull, is the same model ship that brought Ahsoka to Anakin and Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars movie. That is the, that is the wow. same ship that Ahsoka was no dropped way. off on. Yeah. So That's that awesome. Same model. So I, where we were intro to her, yeah. it's the same ship that we see him escape on. Wow. Yeah, whoever pointed that out, really good eye. I did not catch that at all. Yeah. I believe that was G1 transformed, uh, or it was Wrestling Hound. Anyway, <laughs> loving the names in the chat, but like, what a great, again, yeah. small detail. We didn't even notice it, and that means so much. Like, oh my gosh. But, uh, and, well, and right, just right before we go into that, Rachel, um, this epilogue, 
I, what I loved, and this is going to go right into Rachel's point, because she was talking about this before we started uh, streaming, <laughs> just seeing her in the hood, and we know that she has a, she's got a hood in, in Rebels at the finale, and she's on that track now, and just looking at all the soldiers that had her her emblem on them, uh, it felt like closure. It felt like the end of the Clone Wars. Like, this is a finite ending. In, in Revenge of the Sith, there's, like, kind of, like, a mixed montage of sequences where we don't really get to see... It, it's it's a cut to Stormtroopers. Like, we don't necessarily see a, all right, bye. Like, we weren't connected to many any of the clones. We knew a few names, but nothing like that. This had so much weight in that, all right, like, these clones, they're they're gone... And this war is over, and so is the Clone Wars series. But Rachel, get into the novel consistency. Okay. Now, right after. As as we were looking at Ahsoka on the moon, standing over the marked the you know the uh, the unmarked graves. Hmm. Um, I will say marker because we don't really know you know what uh, we don't even know if she buried the bodies or if it was just the helmets. Um, but I was thinking about the book. Sorry. Me, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Probably. I'm just. I'm just saying. The whole yeah, thing yeah. is that the book is different. Um, the book <laughs> says that she looked down at the grave, her heart a stone in her chest, and the reason why I'm pointing this out is because she specifically says that she held her lightsabers, her last physical connection to the Jedi, and to her secret service in the Clone Wars. It was so hard to give them up, even though she knew she had to. It was the only way to sell the con of the false burial. And when it would buy her a modicum of safety, because whoever found them would assume she was dead too. So here's the thing, though, is that she actually buries the, the lightsabers. It isn't just that she drops them. Right. She buries an unmarked grave that's supposed to make it look like that's supposed to make it look like Rex is also dead. And that's my my issue. I understand there's a lot to um, work with here in terms of keeping the continuity. But I, I feel like the novel was saying that this was handled a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's not that like it's a major inconsistency. It's a groundbreaking, like, thing that that, that breaks, that ruins all continuity. But what I will say is now, the way that they describe it in the book seemed very simple to put in this episode. And I, I, yeah. I honestly think it's, it's a ten-second scene of her just like putting her lightsabers down with with maybe like Rex's shoulder pad under or something along those lines. Cause it's a pretty clever, it's a clever uh, strategy to make everyone think that both of them are dead is by yeah. clearly doing that. Whereas in this episode, we got her dropping the saber and just kind of leaving it there. I, st I think they accomplished the same goal, but the one in the book is a little more nuanced and detailed as to why, okay, now they, well, they would assume she's dead because she's buried with Rex. Here, can I read one more sentence? Go this, for it. Yeah. She knelt. Okay, wait, here we go. Uh, they must be left there, the lightsabers, memorializing the man they were recorded as having killed, a trophy for the coming Imperials to find. And they were coming. Yeah. So yeah. the whole thing is that it's definitely a little different in the book. That's okay. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that, um, yeah, the show, I, I, I love the poetic nature of Vader finding lightsaber either way and what um, also is so poetic about this show just for, to, now full embracing this epilogue with vader i i think what that was trying to say is like this is the end of the clone war it's uh 
it's the end of this arc, and I do believe that Vader is under the impression Ahsoka is dead. So the, they still accomplish that same goal with him picking up the lightsaber and walking away. Although, he, I, and I think that it, I also think it, it raises the stakes for when we in Rebels we see them finally reconvene, reinteract. Did you feel the same, Frankie? Uh, when when Vader and Ahsoka get back. Do you think that this ending makes that stronger, or do you think it it, it changes oh, it how you view it? Stronger for sure. Because when, when Ahsoka and Vader kind of connect when they're in that dogfight, and he said, I think he says something like, the apprentice lives. Mm. So Vader's surprised. So you, you get that inkling that he thought she was dead. So I think this makes it stronger, because at that point, it looks like Vader suspects she's dead when he picks up that lightsaber. I don't think he does. Mm. Really? Pretty yeah. So the way, okay, so my thing is, when I, see, when I see the episode in Rebels, and I see this, and I also, just just every, when we first see Ahsoka again in Rebels 2 and she connects to Vader and realizes it might be Anakin and faints, I feel like Vader is never sure if she's dead or not. He finds the lightsabers. I think that their connection is so strong that he might wonder what happened to her and he might not know for sure. But I have the feeling that they're, because, because of that bond that they have, I think he knew she was still alive deep down. And that when he sees her and he says, the Padawan lives, I think that was his way of saying, now I know that she de- that it wasn't just a hunch. I know that she was definitely alive. All really? Oh, yeah. in, in and Rebels. Also, in Rebels. In, Re- in Rebels yeah, okay. yeah, in Rebels. And also, the first thing he says to her is, we need not be adversaries. And so I think that his bond and his care for her is so strong that he, if he had seen her during you know, Operation 66, like, I don't think that he would have killed her. I think he would have pleaded with her to join him. Well, it's that. Al- it's also the argument, whether he, he thinks she's alive or not, I think he doesn't think she's alive, but also she isn't really a Jedi anymore. And yeah. they, they even play around with that idea when they're escaping the hangar, and Rex is talking with Jesse and the other clones, saying, like, she hasn't been a Jedi for some time. So technically this order doesn't really apply to her. However... Rex himself did say, like, the episode before in Shatter, that, like, we need to take out Ahsoka Tano. Uh, it's so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a technicality, but that also might play into it a little bit. Like, if he doesn't think she's alive or not, she might not be a threat to him or anything with the Empire for the time being. Uh, so I just want to talk about, guys, some just some quick news and gossip. Um, obviously, a really amazing episode. It's Star Wars Day. And there's a ton of awesome news that's coming out. First and foremost, one being Taika Waititi officially confirmed to be doing a new Star Wars movie. They'd kind of teased it over the past couple months. Uh, I was even kind of comparing it to a proposal and that I don't think Disney was prepared to go down on one knee and fully commit. But I, apparently they have. They have put a ring on it. He is doing a new movie, co-writing it with um, another writer. Such exciting news. Cannot wait to see. Obviously, Taika Waititi, familiar with the galaxy far, far away, having directed the finale of Mandalorian and also played the character of, I think, IG-11 throughout the entire series. So really, really cool that we're getting a new Star Wars movie, as well as uh, this is a few weeks old, but that the showrunner of Russian Doll also doing a female-driven Star Wars series. Um, this is 
Dave Filoni was on Good Morning America this morning to talk about the Clone Wars and the finale. And what was so weird was everyone was writing about it like he, he weighs in before the finale airs. Like, no, the finale aired last night. He was airing. He, he was talking about it after. But just basically saying how it was such a privilege to be able to finish it and that when they were in the writing room and George Lucas says, I want to bring Maul back. And he goes, you killed Maul. And Phantom Menace, how do you expect to do that? He's like, I don't know. You'll figure it out. And just giving Dave Filoni the car keys to, to kind of run with the story and do what he likes. Really cool. You guys can check out that interview on Good Morning America's website and YouTube. Really awesome inside stuff there. Uh, there's a really amazing template of, of Star Wars stuff today on the Star Wars YouTube. They're going to be hosting panels and interviews. George Lucas is going to be on one of them throughout the day so just keep your eye on that star wars youtube as well as our own popcorn talk network channel where we have two stunt doubles who played uh, a knight of ren and ray in episode nine coming on the con guy show at noon and star wars news doing a full cantina star wars day celebration at 1 p.m that was our news and gossip for this week guys i want to go into predictions and I don't think this is necessarily predictions for this show, but I'm just talking about maybe these characters in any future Star Wars we get. Where do we go from here? I want to open it up, start with Frankie. Where do we go from here, man? Well, for Ahsoka and Rex, I think we're going to get both of them in The Mandalorian Season 2. And Ryan, as you pointed out, I think a couple weeks ago when we were talking, um, Dave Filoni's banner looks like concept art of oh, an yeah. older Rex and an older Ahsoka. And it's been confirmed that Rosario Dawson will be playing the character in season two. So I feel like we're going to get a really, really fun arc with those two. We'll see what they were up to after um, Return of the Jedi and before uh, The Force Awakens. And with Maul, I think it's open-ended. You have, if you subtract the Rebels years, you have around probably 15, 16 years to play with with him. He's building Crimson Dawn. He's becoming this, you know icon in the underworld more or less and still evading the emperor because they keep sending inquisitors after him and he just keeps cutting them in two so i i think with maul i don't know if we're going to get a series i don't know if we're going to get a movie but the buzz with this character has been so positive especially in this season i would not be shocked if it kick-started there it is there it is yeah, there's that concept art um I would not be shocked if this kickstarted a Crimson Dawn series or a Maul Origin when he was training with Sidious, something like that. I think it would be more Crimson Dawn era, but I think with Rex, Ahsoka, and Maul, really all the highlighted characters from the Siege of Mandalore, I think they all have a future in Star Wars. So, yeah, I agree. Rachel, what do you, what do you think? First of all, on that concept art, it looks like Ahsoka is actually riding a uh, Lothwolf on Lothal. So I just want to point that out. Don't nice. know if that's what it love is that. or not. I love that yeah. you know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's number one. Number two, I'm going to go off of what Frankie said. I think that there's more to do, more to play with with Crimson Dawn. Um, we did get some of Kira's backstory um, in Solo, but I feel like it was cut off very abruptly. And we only saw the movie ended very well, but the story itself, there's more for us to play with and more for, more for them to expand on. And so I'd love to see them get into more of what Maul's work was with um, Crimson Dawn and actually bring it to a visual medium and, and show us what um, was happening there and get more of Kira's backstory, not backstory, her 
uh, more of her story period after what we see in Solo. Um, the other thing is I am still hoping for them to do something more with World Between Worlds in general. Um, Dave Filoni, he brought in, you know, Mortis, the father, the son, the daughter. Um, it was in both Clone Wars and in Rebels in two different ways, World Between Worlds in Rebels. And we actually heard Ray and Kylo Ren's voices in World Between Worlds, mm. Worlds um, in Rebels in that fourth season. And we've also, they've also hinted at a fifth season of Rebels, not confirmed, but I would love to see that. Um, but also, I think my last statement though is I want to see them, I want to see them do more with World Between Worlds in general and work more with time and the idea that there are gatekeepers who are, you know, they, they keep the force in balance and that was supposed to be Anakin. And now I want to see what they do with it in terms of who's going to keep the force in balance. And um, they could, they could just do so much more with um, what they started with Mortis. I, all great, great points all around. I, you know, where we go from here, there's so many ways. And I was even texting Frankie this yesterday, Star Wars being the biggest franchise maybe ever and as big as it is has the most confusing release schedule for a layman fan ever if you are just like sort of a fan you're you're getting prequels and you're getting things that are in the future then things in the past it's all over the place and i think that what we can look forward to is mandalorian season two with ahsoka tanu as well as uh some things with i think crimson dong books I, I'm, I'm more interested in, in diving into the backstory with these novels but guys that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for going on this journey with us. Uh, Dave Filoni actually tweeted this picture out right here of this, this It's kind of like a weird antithesis to that final shot we get in the show, being Vader in that helmet. Um, but guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. I want to just go around the room. Where can people find you? Let's start with Frankie Altieri. Where can people find you, man? You can find me on Twitter, FrankieAltieri84, and on Instagram, FrankieAltieri. And Rachel, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Rach Goodman or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner Author. Guys, you can find me at Ryan Nilsson at Ryan Nilsson on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching our Clone Wars After Show. What did you think of the finale? Comment down below. And you guys, happy Star Wars Day. Tune in to everything on the Popcorn Talk Network today. Star Wars at noon and at 1 p.m. Have an amazing rest of your day and may the Force be with you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.